Welcome to the Scuff Podcast, where we talk about U.S. soccer. Final game of the group. We needed a result, and we got the 0-0 draw versus Portugal. Job done. Right, Greg? <laughs> Look, if you think you're going to get me to waffle on my World Cup as a party uh, philosophy, you are wrong, sir. It's, okay. it's a party, and we are still at the party. Yeah, it's a party for other people, I think. <laughs> it's not really a party for me. That sucked. That was horrible. <laughs> it was, uh, I would say, a wrenchingly terrible viewing experience. The team seems to be getting worse. Vlaco has no solutions. On the bright side, I do believe on any given day we can beat anybody. But it feels more likely we crash out against Sweden, who is our likely opponent in the round of 16. Yeah, Sweden are uh, like four goals to the good going into their last game, so they would need like a, an eight-goal swing, something stupid like that. Uh, they might be ten. I think they're ten goals to the good on goal difference. So we are playing Sweden in the round of sixteen, and that is a big deal for our for our probability to continue staying at the party. Um, Sweden much better than whoever finishes second in that group. Uh, so that hurts probability wise. Um, but you are totally right. Uh, even in this really uh, frustrating, anxious, tense match um, where I think it's fair to say we feel like we are underachieving as a team uh, and watching our opponent yet again feel like they are overachieving as a team. That's the pattern. Um, We created several good chances and we conceded very little until that very end when suddenly we conceded a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get into the um, just sort of the anti-soccer of it all, the way we were playing (laughs) Um, because I think there's a, there's a debate. Well, go, you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, because the, a lot of people are talking about that now. And for everyone yep. who's talking about it, like, welcome to the party, pal. Like, <laughs> this is this is not a new development. This is not a thing where we were playing very good soccer leading up to the World Cup. No. And now the nerves and, or whatever else have acted up. Like, we have not been a coherent side with the soccer ball uh, since this team has sort of materialized in the, you know, after the Olympics when we had a real changing of the guard, I think, personnel-wise. Uh, and these new faces have come in in, like, the CONCACAF championship in 2021 um this has been the team this is who we are and have been uh <laughs> for a while now yeah and i you know we we had we picked on a bunch of concacaf teams and concacaf qualifying and i wonder you know is it fair to call us a bunch of pirates of the caribbean <laughs> i mean yes and no we we pick on concacaf teams but we also pick on colombia and we also uh you know we beat canada in in that championship. And then we went through, she believes with three wins against Canada, Japan, and Brazil. Like, yeah, that's true. We beat good teams because, uh, you know, this was, this was mostly with Mal Swanson. Mal, yeah, Mal Swanson, um, mm-hmm. available, but we beat, we can beat good teams, um, because we continue to have very good players. And like I said, even in this game, that was frustrating and felt like a terrible experience, uh, created a ton of, not a ton. We created lots of good chances on another day. We, we convert any of those and that's it. It's curtains because Portugal were doing nothing and their hope was to keep doing nothing until we made some kind of a mistake, you know, goalkeeper walkabout, uh, two players colliding as they go up for ball, whatever. And they, and they get a gift and yeah. we nearly did it a couple of times, but that's, that was their game plan. Right. And as soon as if we had gotten one, that would have been it. It would be over because Portugal, no, they're not going to get two gifts, uh, and convert two goals to win the game. So it was very much like we can we can sneak one, but if we just got any of those uh, decent chances that we had, very good in some cases, that would have been it. We just didn't, and so it was nervy. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I would slightly take issue with the word lots, lots of good chances. That's fair. And also Portugal doing nothing. I mean, they did, they they didn't, they only got 0.35 xg on the on the night. We got 2.4. That seems like. I don't know. It seems not exactly reflective of the performances, but, but, but I felt like Portugal, Portugal was, you know, they outpossessed us 57 to 43%. And they, they were, they were cruising through our midfield, getting into the attacking third. Once they got there, you know, either, either Gurma came and like solved the problem or they just didn't have, they just didn't have any ideas. Even that, like that, they had that really good chance in the first half where, um, Carol Costa just played it right through the middle of the field. And I, I who was it? Uh, Nazare. Nazare. 
turn and just played played uh, Silva in behind a very sleepy Crystal Dunn. And it was like she was in on goal, and yeah. she, I think she kind of panicked, didn't didn't maybe take the chance as well as she could have, dragged it way wide. But that's a like that's a that was a better shooting opportunity than anything we created. Well, <laughs> almost it's up yes. there. It's it up, up there with anything we created in the first half. You know. Yep, I'll give I'll give you that. That was a slick play and it. Uh in a slick moment and not one that they were able to repeat. Uh, so That's it, true. it was uh, a very good moment for them. And, and again, so I should, yeah, I should, I should qualify. They did create that. That was them. That wasn't a gift, um, but they weren't able to do it any other time. And until we did gift them, gift them a couple of looks that would have knocked the women, U S women's national team out of the world cup. I do think it maybe was a gift from Andy Sullivan, who was just bumbling around the midfield, <laughs> running around like a, very large chicken with her head cut off, but it, it's a lot. Are we, it's in the timeline, I'm sure. So I'll, we'll, we'll dissect it. Hopefully yeah. Okay. We get there. Um, the, you know, one other thing. So two things I want to cover are number one, is it, do we, do we overestimate the players? Cause this is a thing. This is a thing that a lot of people who are new to the party are saying, you know, like the women are, or not just people who are new to the party, people who are watching saying we're getting, we're getting caught up to by the rest of the world. It's not, we do have great athletes. We do have good, uh, you know, individual talent, but the sort of tactical acumen slash technical, I mean, I don't know about the technical ability, but that's being said is, is getting caught up to by the rest of the world. What do you, what do you think about that? I, I have some thoughts, but I'm curious what you think. I mean, I think it's totally fair to say they're, they're closing the gap, right? And even, even just, that's not just for the U S that's sort of across the board. You're seeing the much uh, weaker teams historically standing up to some of the better teams in, in at least they, there, there are still some blowouts, but you are seeing these close games where uh, that previously wasn't the case. I mean, we expanded the field to 32. So you'd think there would have been a lot more uh, of the blowouts um, Netherlands, Vietnam, notwithstanding. Yeah. But, but you've seen like, uh, you know, England, England struggling for two of their three games, you know, uh, Jamaica's holding up against Brazil and France. Like the, the, the gap is closing, but across the board from bottom to top, I think that's okay. happening. And I do also think that the gap uh, from the U.S. to the like tier right around them, I do also think that gap is closing. Uh, I, I don't think there's, I don't think that's controversial at all. Teams are putting way more resources into their women's programs, uh, women's leagues, uh, so the development is improving. And absolutely, at least in the current uh, regime, our tactical uh, execution has left a lot to be desired and that helps teams to narrow a gap that might otherwise be larger. Yeah. And, and because like, and, and again, because it's so easy to put so much of this on Vlatko because, uh, because again, it's not new. It's, it's, we've been watching this sort of go unaddressed since yeah. that yeah. summer uh, of 2021, just being like, Nope, they're not going to change anything. They're just going to keep doing the exact same thing. Every time they take the field. Um, it's hard to know where, the instructions and game plans hit our tactical limits and where the uh, player's actual understanding of the game hits its limits. It is. It is hard to know. I think that's that's what I'm struggling with. I guess the part that I sympathize with is this, I think if I can sort of interpret the zeitgeist for a moment, is that the, you know, possession is a good team possession is built on a like a giant foundation, you know? of players who who not only have the technical ability to control the ball and make they do make it do what they want it to do but also know how to show for each other and move off the ball. I mean, we've talked about this for years, right? Um the old Mexico before they went into their current famine. It was, you know, you know, we we always felt like they were like that. They there was just like a team-wide competence and understanding that they could move the ball and combine with each other. And we don't have, I mean, we don't have that on the women's national team right now. There was, there was none of that last night. There was no energy to combine. I mean, the off-ball movement from players like Rose Lavelle, Lindsey Horan, you know, generally considered world-class soccer players. Terrible. I mean, like they're, they're just standing around and, you know, Sophia Smith and um, Lynn Williams would receive the ball under pressure on the sideline with their back to the goal. And they would have nobody to pass to. They'd have four red shirts closing in on them and then a bunch of white shirts either running away or standing still. 
yeah, running away, standing still. And even those players who aren't moving well are 25 to 30 yards away from him. I mean, like the nearest triangle is, is it would actually like demonstrate the curvature of the earth. Like they are really, <laughs> they are really spaced out. And some of that, again, like Alex Morgan is just posting up on the center backs. Like that's sort of what she has taken her role to be. Yeah. Um, so again, it just gets really hard to know who's being asked to do that. And, and I, I would love it if they just were of that mode of that mentality to just be like, no, we got to go, we got to go soccer with our teammates when they have the ball. Um, but I don't know how that hasn't been sort of demanded and required of them uh, from the manager to be like, no, when, when we have it here, we need triangles. Like we, we need to build triangles around the ball in ways that aren't 35 yard passes. Uh, and we just, yeah, we just have not seen that. Don't expect that we will see it anytime soon. Okay. Well, yeah, it's very discouraging, and and rewatching the game only made it worse. I think um, the other thing is, how did they manage to shut us down on the flanks like that, and also overrun our midfield? Like, <laughs> they, now now it's true we did create more chances than them, but like in the the sort of like the the natural flow of a soccer game, we 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 built nothing basically, and Portugal did build some stuff. How did they manage to? They they had a, some kind of four four two. Should we do the lineups and then talk about it? Or yeah, let's hit the lineups. All right. So Portugal was in a four. Well, I'll do the U.S. lineup first. Neyer in goal. Same. It's basically the same thing we've been having, except Williams started for Rodman. So it's Emily Emily Fox, Julie Ertz, Naomi Gurma, and Crystal Dunn across the back line. Andy Sullivan at defensive midfield. Lindsey Horan and Rose Lavelle as the other two midfielders, and then Lynn Williams replacing Trinity Rodman at right wing. Uh, Morgan at striker and Sophia Smith at left wing. Any surprises there? So the question was uh, whether Lavelle had the minutes in her to start, whether she was cleared for it. She obviously did. Um, And whether, again, we were going to continue with the Ert center back uh, lineup, which we did. And then I don't know if it was ever really a question, but whether or not it would be Morgan up top or whether we would, Try Soph there with Williams and uh, another winger, and obviously Flatko is Flatko thinks Morgan's Morgan's the answer. Yeah, that ain't gonna happen. We're not. I don't think we're gonna. Well, who knows? Who knows what'll happen? But it doesn't seem likely. Portugal was in a four-four-two diamond. It was in um, Inish Pereira in goal. Um, Ana Borges, uh, Diana Gomes, uh, Carol Costa, and Katarina Amado across the back line. Borges was up against Smith the whole night. Kind of pocketed her, if we're honest. Dolores Silva uh, as the the base of the diamond in the midfield. Tatiana Pinto and Andrea Norton as the other as the second band of midfielders in Fran- Francisca Nazare as the I guess number ten, and then Jessica Silva and Diana Silva as the two strikers. And I guess what I noticed is whenever we would try to play the ball. So we'd get the ball to one of our fullbacks and then play it to one of the wingers. We'd have, um, you know, one of the strikers pinch down and apply pressure. The fullback would pinch up and apply pressure. And then three of the four midfielders would close down on the inside. So we just kept running into this dead end on both sides of the field, Smith's side and Williams' side, and we could not solve it. I mean, that's that's the that's the diagnosis right there. And And so, you know, we've talked about how uh, our players aren't going to get the ball. Our center midfielders don't run and go get the ball and they're outnumbered. Uh, and they're not sort of Rondo merchants anyway for the nope. national team, right? So we've talked about that before. That's a big problem is that we just don't have that mentality to go solve a, a short, a, the small group problem. We don't, we don't even think about the small group problem. That's not how we approach our style of play. Uh, and so the other, th- so we already have like that structure built into the national team. And for me, something I feel like I've noticed is uh, in this tournament, We've also gotten really conservative with our fullback positioning. Uh, so through all the cycle and the tune-ups and the preparation for this, you know, Fox and Dunn or Huerta or whoever it was playing fullback would be pretty aggressive getting upfield. And I feel like we have not done that. And in this tournament, I feel like we've been really cautious with them and their positioning. And that's kept us uh, narrow as we get up the field because they're not offering that width. Um, and it keeps us narrow number wise. Like even if Soph does go out wide and get it, that's when you say, why is she doubled with no help? It's because we normally would have like Sophia pinched in a little bit more with Dunn getting around her on the left side. And that's just not the the pattern we're executing in this tournament. So 
I feel like that's how you can end up outnumbered in both the midfield and on the flanks uh, against a 4-4-2 diamond is because we are not bringing our fullbacks in to create the extra body. So maybe we're just trading some defensive stability for uh, just an absolutely anemic attack. (laughs) I mean, it really could be that. And it's not necessarily a bad gamble. Again, you look at what we have allowed against uh, our group stage opponents, and it's very few clear cut chances. Um, And we have still had the individual attacking ability to create chances without that fullback help. Um, so, it, I mean, you could just say this is a gamble and it has been, we've been a little bit unlucky with our finishing. And so it's felt like a, a really bad, uh, strategy. Um, but I feel like that, that still to be determined if that's what we keep doing in the knockouts. Uh, if, again, if our finishing kind of reverts even a little bit, um, we're, we're not in this nervous wreck of a, of a position. Yeah. Okay. There, there are other reasons that we can be nervous wrecks, but. Uh, we wouldn't feel like it was like it was so underwhelming attacking wise. Yeah, if we had just managed to bundle a couple of those chances across. Well, yeah, and I, I, I guess I should the 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 one positive for me is something you just mentioned, which is just how defensively uh, reliable we've been. I mean, we've that that's a good that's a good tournament strategy to be good at defense. I think, and not not concede a lot of chances and. That's definitely been the case in all three games. I mean, that that's essentially like what 2009, the 2019 team did. Like we had incredible attacking firepower, but we didn't really play an expansive, open attacking style. We were very much like safe, get it out wide to Rapino uh, and Tobin, and then and then see what see what can happen. It wasn't like free flowing, interchanging. Like that wasn't really our our recipe in 2019 to win the trophy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Draw some penalty kicks. <laughs> right. Set piece goals. Um, all right, let's do the timeline. We get right off the bat, we get our best passing sequence of the game. I feel pretty confident about that. Uh, it's a kickoff routine where it, it goes back to Ertz and then up the right sideline, ends up with, uh, you know, like three or four passes to get Lavelle down in the corner. And then she crosses it for Morgan, can't go, get good contact with her head. But uh, worth noting because I think it was the only significant coordinated passing sequence of the match from the Also US. worth noting because it's a nice wrinkle. Uh, like that's a very intentional thing that we did there. So right. props to our set pieces or whoever cooked that up because all through the preparation for this World Cup and then through the first two games, our kickoffs were uh, the long ball, which had also been fairly successful in getting, you know, at least some threat. Uh and so we set up like we were doing that again. I'm sure everyone's watched the tape on it. So we dropped it back. And uh, I think we even did like the big wind up like we were going to do that. And then, no, we hit a little disguise pass up the sideline and attacked with three players up the sideline. So kudos for that little uh, for that little uh, playbook. Yeah, maybe we should spend a little less time on our kickoff routines and a little more time <laughs> on the overall game plan. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, third minute, there's a slip pass from Fox to Williams. It's kind of after a scramble, um, after one of Sophia Smith's many sort of aimless whacked balls into the box. Uh, but it, but it ends up in a scramble out to, out to Fox. She slips Williams in. Williams is kind of, um, a little slow to recognize the space, honestly, but, but Fox slips it in for her and then she fizzes it across the six for Morgan. It's actually a pretty good chance. Morgan gets the outside of her boot to it, tries to flick it in at the near post, uh, and a sliding defender, one of the center backs, deflects it out for a corner kick. I feel like this has been a theme for a lot of our chances in this tournament is that they end up being on uh, these really narrow angles where we're uh, meeting it beyond the near post. Mm -hmm. Uh, Morgan has another one later. So, uh, I mean, our corner kick chances have come from similar. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the space we're going for. And... Uh, I don't, I don't have much for it. Like that's it's Alex Morgan can do something cool there. So yeah, I mean, uh, who I it might have been on frame. We didn't get a good replay of it, but um, yeah. Uh, six minute Haran does somebody down in the left corner and curls a left footed ball at the near post. This is that other one. Morgan meets it cleanly with her left foot on the volley, but she's again way too far inside the near post, and it's a it's several several yards wide. Yeah, if you had stacked up a second goal next to the actual goal, uh, I think I think that would have snuck in. Yep. <laughs> At the near post of the second goal. <laughs> Eight 
minute 20 second mark uh portugal has gained a little so we looked definitely the protagonist in the first opening minutes but portugal starts to get a little handle on the game and they're down in our corner by done and there's a throw in and i think it's a throw in and a nice little back heel from jessica silva silva past done to pinto to eliminate dunn smith and haran not gonna not trying to pile on but haran spent a lot of time getting eliminated in this game <laughs> uh Pinto cuts it back for Norton at the top of the box, and it's actually a decent shooting opportunity. She takes it first time and skies it under some pressure from Lynn Williams. So good on Lynn for jumping in and uh, making it a little more difficult. First shot for Portugal on the yep. night. First shot, and we did our we did our Nair near post watch on this one. And uh, I regret to inform you that Nair <laughs> is Nair is almost holding on to that near post. So uh, she's glitching out a little bit. <laughs> Because again, that, this is what her mo is. Because it had been out on the side, on the end line, on that right side, she gets all the way to that near post, which is you know fine. But then, as it gets very predictably, and uh, you know the visual cues are all there for the cutback to the top of the box, almost central, she does not make up all of the ground to the center line of that goal. And so, um, you know, no no harm, no foul here as the ball skies over. Yeah, but if she, you know, chips at far post, it's a it's a goal basically. Right. I mean, or hits it with even moderate speed. Any solid contact, any trajectory to the far post would be, would be pretty similar to that Netherlands goal. Okay. Um, I'm marking this because do you hear the um, weed whacker? I do not hear anything. Okay. Maybe it'll stay. Maybe I can noise cancel it out. All right, thank you for the near near post watch. Nine the nine thirty mark. Uh, Silva does a little Rabona right in front of Vlaco. I just noticed this because they they're over they're sort of pinned against their sideline. Um, Silva and two of her teammates, and they pass right out of it. It's uh, Silva doing a little Rabona right in front of Vlaco, and uh, and then racing past Dunn, who is a, a little sleepy on this in this moment too. It doesn't result in anything. It results in Germa shepherding Diana Silva out of, out of bounds, but still, it's like they they can sort of show for each other and dice us up in a in a like short passing sequence in a way that we didn't do all game basically. You mean it, you just you just make some triangles, <laughs> just find find some ways I mean, to use use your players. It's not you have <laughs> rocket science. Build some triangles out there. And then, we didn't and then do move, it. We just and then move after you pass it. Expect the ball back. Actually, didn't do it all game. <laughs> Am I wrong when I say that? No. Like I don't I mean, think I don't remember a single like fluid triangle moment. Like a slick little rondo uh, <laughs> to solve a problem. No, it's not what we do. It's we mm-hmm. we do a lot of dribbling. We have some good leverage players. Uh, yeah, it's just it's not our not our thing in this cycle. We've already talked about. I guess what's happening on the sideline. Do you have any other thoughts on that? Because we keep, we just kept losing battles on, especially on our left side, but you know, Silva was beating us in cage matches. Uh, Borges pocketed Smith. I I think that's pretty fair. So Um, we keep losing battles on the left side and, you know, we keep turning it over on the left side because we keep going down on the left side. So it's not like we were doing really poorly on the left and then comparatively doing fine on the right. Like we never touched the right side of the field. Um, and ironically, or, or maybe as a consequence, uh, maybe it's a feedback loop, uh, Portugal stayed on their right side of the field. So the ball was just right in front of <laughs> the camera side yeah. for the entire half. It's cr- it was actually crazy. And again, maybe that's partly because we're so narrow, so we have a hard time switching it out. Once it gets into a spot, it's just locked in for good. Uh, well, but- I, noticed, I noticed that. Like, there were some times, I didn't clock them, but there was a time where we were sort of, it was pinned on our, you know, on that near side on the broadcast and then it's played to it, it we did play it to haran and instead of opening up and finding emily fox who i mean eight nine players for portugal are on this side of the field <laughs> and haran instead of opening up and hitting fox uh tries to dribble past somebody and loses it you know this was somewhere in this portion of the game and i think it's partly on, that's partly on haran but uh lavelle did the same thing with williams on the other side where she you know instead of opening up and switching the point of attack, she would just play it 
back to Fox and then Fox would play it back to Williams and then Williams would get dispossessed. And I, I think it's on both of those midfielders. It's all, it also didn't look like Fox and Dunn, and this maybe goes back to your point, didn't look like Fox and Dunn were like charged up to, to like, to take advantage of that open space. Like every time the ball would go out to them, it'd be like, oh yeah. And then they'd like run it down to the sideline, gather it. And then we'd sort of start up again. I'm like, what is going on here? That that's exactly like the the again a visual cue that feels so foreign, right? And and feels off is when we would finally be like, oh, we have the giant space to the right sideline, and we'd feed what feed what should just be a routine ball out there. Fox would be so far in, yeah, that the ball would run past her to the sideline, and she has to like turn and run to the sideline to get it. Whereas you, what you're used to seeing is a player with their hips and body open to the field, just collecting it while looking up the whole time, because you've expanded into your possession shape, and that just was not our possession shape. I'm just laughing because that's what the that's what what you were just doing right there was sort of the experience. And again, it has been the experience. So if the if the individual talent doesn't kick on for a game and and or or we don't convert the chance that the individual talent does create, uh, this is life for the U.S. Women's National Team fans. You're not you're not going to love the X's and O's uh, as it's happening. No. We get uh, another tough, good Inter- Bell's international soccer. Like you can't just international teams can't just do that. Anywhere, probably any of them. Can't just do what? Play great X's and O's soccer where everything's fluid and you think three passes ahead and everyone's sort of coordinated, doing the right things at the right times. It's just not a thing that international teams can do. This coming from the greatest uh, J- Japanese <laughs> national team fan on the planet. <laughs> See, that's why, I'm, that's why I'm doing good here because the, nat- the U.S. are through. We're still alive. We can keep doing our thing with our individual players. Plus, for my X's and O's stuff, I've got Japan. Uh, I'm good here. I get to, I get to watch the, the uh, the the optimal soccer going on while I keep watching my team stay alive. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I mean, just to digress for a moment, I know everybody was like, "Well, Spain sucks," or Spain was no good in that game. I thought Spain, you know, I try to, I'm trying to imagine Spain in this game against Portugal. Um, they would have, uh, they would have created a lot of triangles and done some stuff, you know, and probably probably not given up four goals because I don't think Portugal is nearly as dangerous as Japan on the counter. So, I mean, we got, it's a long road to the final here. <laughs> it's an awesome road to the final. If we do it, we're going to earn it. That's, that's what I'm going to keep telling myself because Sweden and then Japan probably, and then one of Netherlands, Spain, and then England or Germany or whoever, or France or Brazil <laughs> waiting for us. Like, you, you know, just buckle up. Yeah. I might not buckle up. I might just uh, keep my seatbelt off on Sunday morning and see what happens as we go through the first part of the journey. Um, So we get a chance in the 14th minute. Gurma from deep floats a ball at Morgan. It gets uh, intercepted by, I think, uh, Gomes, and she knocks it back to Haran. And then Haran volleys it over the back line for Smith. Everyone's running away from her. I don't know. Did you take a screenshot of this to see Smith uh, kind of standing by herself over there? Yes. Um, and here's why I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> Normally I would, right? Normally I want okay. soccer. But for me, like this sequence is what we should be doing since we can't pretend like we're going to be a team that is building out of the back. Like That's just not our team. That's not what we're going to do. So we saw it at the end of the Netherlands too. When we just target it up to Alex Morgan, sometimes she can get a flick on herself. Sometimes she can get, it'll be a layoff or sometimes it'll be a sloppy clearance from, uh, from the opponent, which is what we get on this case. And Haran goes to win the second ball. I mean, it's, it's old school soccer, right? It's not pretty. It's, it's certainly not, wouldn't be considered like modern, but we have to abandon the idea that we are going to be a modern team in this tournament. Uh, so, this is what I think we could do and get some decent revenue out of. So German just floating it up to Morgan, hopefully, even though Morgan doesn't win it, uh, Haran gets to it and Sophia Smith has a runway. And so we hit Smith into the runway and this is the transition moment. Like I don't need us to go play soccer with Sophia now. This is like the same thing that Japan did really well against uh, Spain was once you get that ball knocked forward, you just go, you just go to the goal um, and, and take your best chance at it. So I didn't need us to slow down and send numbers out to Sophia on this one. It's like, she ends up crossing it in, right? So uh, this for me is a fine attack and exactly the kind of pattern we should focus on um, since we can't do the other stuff well. 
Okay, Sam Allardyce. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we talked about it, you know, right when we realized, I think it was after our three losses in November last year uh, in a row and, and thinking like, okay, well now maybe we'll change up and we'll, you know, have learned things and we'll come, we'll find Jesus. And we absolutely did not. And so I was like, okay, at some point we have to give up on this idea and we would be better off just playing very direct uh, hunting packs upfield <laughs> and, and go. And so this was a, this is a really decent, uh, dangerous, threatening moment to get that ball up to Williams, who could either head for goal, which I don't think she was doing because she was, I think, very clearly cushioning it with her technique. She's mm-hmm. trying to cushion it back across from Morgan for a tap in. Perfectly good decision, um, just a little off on the execution. Not an easy header to get exactly right either. No. Um, I guess I just think you know, I mean, it did it did result in some danger for sure. Uh, it was a good ball from Smith, but I just like I would like to see when she you know, pulls up, sort of comes to a stop and cuts back onto her right foot. Wouldn't it be nice if there was somebody making a dragging run behind the defender that's facing Smith to sort of make that defender look and maybe Smith can, you know, soccer a little bit more. It's, there's just not that maybe the, maybe the whole situation happened too fast for anybody to join her, but, um, every situation in the entire game happened too fast for anybody (laughs) to join anybody. So yeah, that's what it would have been. The only player who could have joined who didn't would have been Horan in this case, I think. So uh, it's we're not going to get Horan making that making that she's not she's not winning a hundred meter race. Yeah, know? not on the regular at least. So uh, Lavelle got up there, and we ended up with three in the box uh, against against Portugal's two and a half. So this is where I'm like, that's everything here is is fine for me. And and if uh, Sophia hadn't crossed it, then I would have wanted her to just try to skin the one defender in front of her and create a scramble moment more in the Man City zone feel like those were sort of the two two choices and uh again i wish we would be doing more of that exact pattern even though it's sloppy and ugly and whatever why didn't we do more it didn't seem like we we played to morgan's uh head coming back to the ball as much as we did against the netherlands especially in the second half of that game against the, the netherlands uh why didn't I, we do more of that i guess i'd say it's because we are an incoherent mess from the yeah. top down <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I no disagreement here. All right. So 14 minute mark. I just clocked that Williams is running into the same problem as Smith on the other sideline. I kind of described this play already, but it was, uh, we play it to her with a player on her back on that sideline, two defenders to her right. She does manage to find Lavelle's feet, but Lavelle can't switch the point of attack uh, or doesn't try to. She plays it back to Fox. Fox doesn't try to change the point of attack. She plays it back to Williams. So we have a little triangle, but it's sort of a dead end triangle. And, um, and then Williams gets crowded off the ball, and Portugal is off into the attack. Into the attack, um, kind of a decent AVP, you know, like a decent running at the back line moment. And they just play a uh, through. I can't remember which player it was played through ball that was way too heavy. Yeah, they they take our little rondo moment, uh, but we're three v four and turn it into their little rondo moment of like two v two and actually do kind of do Haran and Sullivan in the two v two version of it to create that AVP. Um, Sullivan and Horan, like you've said, uh, have a tendency to get eliminated. But despite that, for all for all three of these games, uh, again, don't know if it's just flawless play from a back line. Uh, teams are struggling to turn those into clear cut chances. Yeah, that's true. It's good. It's the small bit of silver lining here. <laughs> uh, big chance for Portugal in the fifth at the fifteen minute mark. It's that which we referred to earlier that pass up the gut from Carol Costa. It uh, it eliminates the you know the front three very easily and then also splits uh haran and sullivan um nazare picks it up in zone 14 in miles of space and plays a very a, a very nice ball in behind for silva jessica silva who's cutting in past dunn who is ball watching and gets absolutely left for dead silva like i said earlier kind of drags it wide maybe panics a little bit doesn't doesn't get the shot off that she wanted, but that's a huge, that's a really good scoring opportunity for Portugal. Uh, So I'll say it's a really good uh, incisive movement. I feel like the scoring opportunity isn't as good as you're making it out to be. (laughs) But what if she takes, what if she just takes, takes another touch and uh, I think that's what she she would have needed to do, but you can tell uh, she is, she is hearing footsteps. You can tell her body language. She's like, she's turtling up the entire time she's receiving it. And that's, that's a credit to, to Germa and how quickly she can close that down. And also, again, just a reminder that Portugal's players aren't quite at our players' level. If Maybe, maybe that's not fair since we didn't exactly 
uh, look ruthless in our chances that we did get. Um, but the buildup. Yeah, to this that's Mouse Watson. She's scoring two goals on that play. <laughs> <laughs> the buildup to this one is is not a good moment for us. And again, the the silver lining is it's not happening happening to us over and over again. But this is pretty similar to the Netherlands opener in that we aren't putting any pressure on the ball uh, in, as they're moving around their back line. Um, Williams and Morgan had switched at some point. So Williams was sort of the, the lead defender and Morgan was out split out wide right. And I don't know if there's just sort of confusion about what their jobs are in this in this uh, configuration. But we end up with Lavelle stepping up to pressure their center back with uh, to get on the same line as Lynn Williams. So it creates a split between those two. And we're down a center midfielder now. And we're relying on Haran and Sullivan to find the right gaps to occupy to prevent this, this sort of entry pass. And they just do a really bad job of it. Uh, Sullivan probably closer to the right spot than Haran. Um, but they, they leave a wide open window. Uh, and Portugal exploit it really well, identify it, hit it, and then really nice technique uh, to uh, who hit who hits it? Nazareth? Yeah, Nazareth. Yeah, so she, she does really well to uh, collect it, sort of kill it dead, and then quickly turn and efficiently get it into her attacking player's feet. Um, and, and again, it takes that level of efficiency to do it, but we're going to play teams in the knockouts that will do this. So uh, if we're going to be nervous, it's about, I think it is, but this is what it's about. It's about uh, that midfield too and how well they can protect our back line. Mm-hmm. Plus we're nervous about Nair. <laughs> I'm nervous about pretty much everything. Uh, but I don't have Japan to fall back on the way you do emotionally. You know, <laughs> I don't have the same feeling for them. Uh, 21 minute mark Smith turns Borges. So one of the few times she gets a little, we get a little bit of forward momentum down that left side. And then instead of finding a meaningful pass, and it did seem like she had Haran running in, in the channel inside of her. She just whacks it off a CB, a center back. And uh, it just felt like she never could get into a rhythm out there. And and that is not that's also not unusual for Sophia Smith playing wide for us. Like the the tapes the tape of her smashing it into the shins of the defender in front of her as she has room to do some soccer stuff is long uh, mm-hmm. through this cycle. And you know again not to sort of beat this over and over, but she's she's not really a winger. She is a striker, and I mean she's capable of doing some really cool things out there on the wing, especially sort of dancing by people, but. She's not a winger. She's not, this isn't, this isn't really her position. I mean, from my point of view, I mean, why not? May as well try it, you know, like nothing is working. So like things aren't working this way, but um, I don't think Vlaco sees it that way. He doesn't, he seems to be much more placid and um, unconcerned about things. And, And again, this, this also strikes me as wild, right? Like the fact that trying the most dominant striker in the NWSL, I mean, an outlier in dominance at striker is like thought of as like a last resort. Yeah. If it's even thought of as that by Vlaco. Um, let's see. We go the, we learn at about about this point in the game that the Dutch are up four zero over Vietnam. So, you know, winning the group pretty much becoming impossible as the game goes on. 27th minute we get a good chance for the usa it's a throw in from dunn on the left side in their attacking in their defensive third uh, she throws it to morgan morgan kind of slips by uh Gomsch and then dribbles around the corner past her and tries to cut it back it falls it ultimately falls to williams who um uh, pokes it over the goal or did she get two bites at it i can she does yeah. uh, so we get we end up kind of with three bites because uh morgan smashes it you know at a nice angle back and originally portugal's player puts it at her own goalkeeper so her goalkeeper paws right. that away and williams reacts quickest to it and uh gets under a little bit but hits it right back into the keeper and then it falls right back to her again and that's when she hits it over there's that's traffic right. there's bodies like she had she's lunging for it so it's not like uh a super embarrassing moment but it's these are two really good chances for lynn williams and we need one of the nerds who listens to this podcast to tell us how the XG in this scenario is calculated, because I'm nearly certain you don't get to add them. Like you don't add both of Lynn Williams chances to the total, but I've heard that you just take, this is important. What bells don't, don't roll your eyes. Like it's important that we get to the bottom of this. I, I, I've heard, I think that you just take the better chance, which seems like the wrong way to calculate it to me, because obviously getting two chances means you are more likely to score than if you just had the one lone better chance. So I feel like there's got to be some kind of like 
calculate the probability of failing to convert both and then subtract that from one. Uh, but you get, we, we're going to need some, one of the nerds to, to clarify how this, how this adds up in the models. Yeah. Get, 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 get at us nerds. Because uh, that, I, that would have been a lot of consolation had Portugal converted their chance and knocked us out to, have, to know that this was a better chance than, than the math models had. Well, the way it ha- it is on the, on the XG stair stepper graphic is just one shot and, it's a big, but it's a big jump. It's, we jump from about half a goal to 1.25. So like, almost, like looks like about 0.7 XG in this moment. I mean, it is right in front of the goal. So in the 38th minute, Lavelle gets a, a yellow card. She's trying to win the ball in midfield. Looking a little like she's running underwater. Not as bad as Haran, but not quick to second balls in general. And she, uh, she kind of, she runs into somebody's legs from behind. And I don't know. Some people were upset that it was a yellow, but whatever yeah it's it's whatever and it it feels like a lot of our players at this point are like trying too hard that makes sense like everyone's frustrated and this is the danger of of these games is we're frustrated and so we're over trying on an individual level it's not like we over try to like a lot of times a a message from a manager might be to just focus on doing the easy things right keep doing the easy things but uh a player's tendency is sometimes the opposite where it's like i'm gonna just do everything right now yeah, let me, let me, that reminds me of something I want to say about the broadcast. You know, everybody, half of the discourse about the game is about how bad the Fox broadcast is and commentators are and stuff. Um, and I do, I did find, you know, when Carly Lloyd talks about like a lack of heart or something or a lack of, uh, desire to win, I don't know what she's talking about. Like, it looks like they're trying really hard, you know, and it looks like they're trying really hard, but I did really appreciate some of Allie Wagner's comments because she kept, she kept saying that as they came out after the first half at the beginning of the second half, they need to find a way to create some small groups to play with each other. And she said that like several times. And that is exactly, I think what the problem was. And so kudos to Allie Wagner for, I think, nailing that. Oh, Allie's probably the best commentator, soccer commentator in the, in the U S best English commentator that she probably is on a regular basis. She does not, she's not an XG disciple the way I think <laughs> the nerds would like her to be, but, um, 39th minute, uh, Nazare blasts one over just simple as you like for her to receive in that same pocket that she received the pass in earlier. This one from, uh, a shorter distance out to our right. Um, Dunn has to release from Silva out wide to put any kind of pressure on her because Sullivan is back holding hands with her on the back line. And, um, you know, luckily Nazare hits it way over the goal, but what in the hell? Like, wh- wh- why is Sullivan on the back line? What wh- What is going on here? <laughs> the, and this is, we know, we picked up on this in the Dutch game too. Uh, there are some weird positioning quirks from Sullivan where, where she's been dragged uh, somewhere that you just wouldn't expect. And I don't know if we just take it for granted or if it just happened to show up more on the tape than in, in any defensive mid we'd play would have that uh, issue. But yes, this didn't make any sense. Uh, like, uh, it was coming right off that set piece, uh, after Lavelle was cautioned. So this, so I don't know if, but, but it's not like Portugal set up and, you know, had everybody up field, like they just played short and possessed and and ended up just hitting, uh, Nazareth in that wide open pocket of space. So yes, inexplicable positioning from Sullivan and the two center backs. Ultimately not all that dangerous. It turned out, but yeah, still, um, happened off screen so again like literally could have been like down tying her shoe or something and was like surprised when it, that's because that's how far out of position she was yeah um right at right before half in the 47th minute so in stoppage time uh we have a corner kick that drifts across and Ertz plays it back to fox um and then fox plays it back to germa and then germa floats it into the box williams brings it down and has one uh on frame uh, kind of on the volley it's a it's a pretty good shooting opportunity. She had a lot of the goal to shoot out. She had defender a defender closing in from her left, but she hits it right at the keeper just like she did with those earlier chances. She might have hit it with her hand too to bring it down. Like it might have hit her arm to bring it down. I I, I do I do think actually VAR might have come in and said no, that's not a goal because it's a handball. But so yeah, and VAR might we'll have done that, or they they might also uh, I think maybe uh, caught Morgan for knocking somebody over in the build up to it. Oh really? But. Okay. I mean, all move move right? point. Yeah. So then it's the half and we come back out. No changes. Um, alarms are going off in the stadium. Literally. 
like a smoke alarm or something, which just seemed like what a great metaphor for the U.S. <laughs> right, and I haven't I haven't read any of the any of the reports from the journals who are there, but I have to imagine at least a couple of them uh, made good use of that alarm yeah. bells in their lead. Wove that in, yep. I think I think Henry Bushnell did actually based on one of his tweets. I haven't read his article yet. Um, the Smith Smith giveaways are kind of coming regularly out there. I guess it could be it's a combination of nobody combining with her and her not being a winger. But she's dribbling into dead ends. She doesn't have ideas. And I'm I'm at this point I'm feeling kind of embarrassed that I kept saying she was one of the best, like maybe the best attacker in the world. So, and she's going to come off pretty soon. So I'll just do this now. Uh, I have no idea what to make of it. it. Like we have been talking her up like crazy as, as this, you know, super dangerous player, but she also is playing at a position. And so, you know, when she ends up coming off, I'm like, this, it still feels crazy to me. We don't have a good coherent plan. We are mm-hmm. relying entirely on like individual skill, breaking through and set pieces. Um, and Sophia Smith is one of the most dangerous individual attacking players in the pool, if not the most dangerous now that Swanson's out. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it remains nuts to me that we just keep using her wide. And when that doesn't work, we took her off the field. Cause in my head, I'm like, imagine Australia trot and Sam Kerr out as like a outside midfielder. And then when it's ineffective being like, well, this experiment's over time to get her off the field. Like at some point are we, we got, we have to try to use this dominant striker at striker when we're struggling to, to score a goal. Yeah. That's just me. This is just me spitballing. No, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard to argue with one thing that occurred to me last night and I'm still thinking about it is so maybe, maybe Smith is good against, you know, lesser opponents at a, and, a, and lesser competitions and at Portland where she's just surrounded by talent, like, uh, uh, Hina, Hina Sugita, Hina Sugita, who is a fantastic Japanese midfielder and midfielder slash winger. And then uh, Christine Sinclair and she got Sam Coffey in the midfield. And they, you know, they, they do all kinds of triangling and then it's just out to Smith and she scores a goal, you know? And, um, you know, maybe she, maybe she needs that support, uh, supporting cast like that. And she doesn't get it with the national team in a tough game, you know? So there is, there definitely is some of that, but I still think the the variable that you have to at least try first is playing her as a winger instead of a striker, because there are also, <laughs> there are also times where Sophia Smith totally creates the chance herself uh, out of nothing. And and when, again, when that seems to be the actual approach of our national team uh, is to see if somebody can create a chance out of nothing, it seems crazy to me to not play a player who can do that uh, in that spot. Um, and again, like, I mean, she, she's the outlier. She's why Portland's, she's at least part of why Portland's stats are absurd. Like, you don't just say, well, she's playing for the best attack in the league. It's like, yes, but she is a huge part of why it's the best attack in the league. Yeah, no, yeah, it's true, and and obvious. I think it's obviously true that the first step should be to play her at striker. So that that makes all the sense in the world. Great, and, and I'll still jump in and say Alex Morgan hasn't been like bad. She hasn't been a shambles out there whatsoever. Uh, she's she's created some things, um, but I I still think that we we have to at least check this out, and and I also think it will add to what we would be able to do defensively uh, with a higher, more aggressive, more. Uh, pressing line that can chase a little bit more than what we can do with Morgan. Certainly more than what we can do with Morgan and Rapino on the field at the same time, but let's continue with the time. Yeah. I, would, I just have bad news. I just don't think it's going to happen. You know, um, 54th minute Lindsay steps to pick off a pass in the middle, just a, a lazy pass from the left side from Portugal into the middle. She steps, drives forward. And then one of those rare, or the rare occasions in the game, she plays a good through ball for, uh, for, Alex Morgan, who's kind of making a run from left to right and behind. I, I mean, rare occasions for us as a team of like a dangerous decision made in the final third. Um, Morgan tries to round the keeper and sneak it in, but it's blocked by Gomsch at the near post out for a corner. And and so this is this is actually a perfect time because I just talked about Morgan not being the player who's, who can chase. She was chasing on this play. This is, this is how we created this turnover in part. Uh, Morgan is chasing a center back with the ball. They played out wide. Lynn Williams chases aggressive. Like again, we're hunting here, um, forces Portugal to cut in with the ball under pressure and then tries to hit a ball that they shouldn't hit. And Haran intercepts it. And again, if we can't soccer with the ball, then we should be trying to create more chances like this. Um, hunt chase, like high turnovers and then run at them. So again, this, this for me is, this is repeatable. We can get chances like this. We can create these, uh, 
uh, turnovers, especially even as we play better teams who will want more of the ball. Uh, like we actually have a decent chance of doing this. Yeah. I mean, we can also start to move off the ball a little bit as a team too. <laughs> You're getting so greedy, Bell. You want to have everything. 57 minute Mark Lavelle steps in the middle and takes the ball similar to the, the, the situation with Haran earlier drives into zone 14, the, the area right in front of the box and it's a four V three and she tries to poke it out to Smith and just, I don't know, miss hits it, plays it out of bounds. Wasteful. Not good. Lavelle was been really hard on Sophia Smith so far in this episode. Thought Rose Lavelle was very not good in this game. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't great and she suspended for the uh, round of 16 match. So I think we're going to get DeMello. I I imagine. So, We'll see if it's if it's a big. It's not a world beater. I don't think Demel's like you know she's not a a talent on the level of Lavelle, but she uh, I mean she provides some pitch control, I think. You know, and and that's a good point. You know, when when we were talking about those giant triangles that we form, because you know technically any three players not in a line form a triangle. uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, Math. (laughs) Lavelle is often so far away, and I don't think that's Demello's mo at all. I think Demello wants the ball. Uh, so I think almost just by that personnel change, uh, I do think overall there's a drop off in talent, but that's, that's like peak Roosevelt. And I don't think we have peak Roosevelt right now. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not that worried about Lavelle not being available. Um, I'm not either. I mean, I'm worried that Lavelle isn't the level she, we wish she was for the duration of this tournament and hopefully she improves throughout. But, uh, you know, again, from what we are getting from her to DeMello to me, isn't that, that steep of a drop. And then we see we get the news that Megan Rapino, the visual evidence that Megan Rapino is warming up. So your whole idea about her uh, getting a testimonial against Vietnam gone, man. Uh, this so like I said, a lot of what we are doing in this tournament is not a surprise. Like the way we play, uh, the frustrating possession, not a surprise. So that hasn't hasn't really changed my my like sort of rating of our chances in the tournament. Um, Vlatko thinking that Megan Rapino is like the actual key feature substitute does change where I put us in the tournament. Cause I think this hurts us. Like, I think this hurts us a lot that it's Rapino coming on for Smith and not even Alyssa Thompson, the, the child. Like, I think the child would add more threat. Uh, 100% she would add more threat. <laughs> Alyssa Thompson is the, is a combiner. Like we talked about this too. Like she likes to combine and she is rapid. Like, so fast. <laughs> So, so you, you think about like that press that we were talking about, where we just got a chance from Haran uh, getting on the end of a turnover, and then Lavelle, like a front three with two players of Alex Morgan after seventy minutes and Megan Rapino, is not a ball hunting uh, aggressive front three anymore. Yeah, I I was so frustrated after Rapino came on that there I almost have no timeline items after after she comes on the on the <laughs> well, field. I, I can imagine what a lot of them will be. If you're, if you're watching it with a frustrated eye towards Megan Rapino, Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pile on. She is a, she's a legend for the team, but it is crazy that we get to, you know, Columbia gets Linda Caicedo and our, our player, Alyssa Thompson doesn't get to play so that 37 year old Megan Rapino can whiff on a volley in the 90, 92nd minute. I mean, like what in the Dickens is going on here? <laughs> uh, I'll just, I just want to be f- fair here. Rapino, despite like, Several poor choice, poor execution instances does hit a nice ball. Am I jumping way too far ahead in the timeline? Do we no, really no. I mean, we it? might as well go right to it. She hits a ball in that uh, curls right around uh, Portugal center back. And the center back goes to ground thinking she can play it and doesn't. And Alex Morgan is kind of in on goal in the 90th minute. And then Morgan, you know, who has been running for 90 minutes, somewhat running, she gets a uh, she gets a chance from a tight angle and blasts it over. That's the one you're talking about with her left yep. foot. Yep. Yeah, there was a blind switch from Pino in the in our defensive third in the 76th minute that nearly launched a counter. Um, she did a lot of kind of reckless ball playing from wide. Um, but yeah, she did have that good through ball in the 91st minute. Let's go straight to the um, the the Portugal chance. It's uh. It's Pinto, Pinto floating a ball at the back line. And then there's two subs on for Portugal who combine for this moment. It's Telma 
and Karnas Sow, uh, who rises and flicks it behind German Ertz. It's a lovely flick. It's perfect. And um, for Anna Capetta, who is another sub, and Capetta just rips it off the near post. Uh, Nair was beat. Lucky for us, still 0-0. And, you know, as everybody's been joking, the MVP of the game for the U.S. was the goalpost. Because that, you know, that goes in, that's two inches to the left in it, and we're, we're going home. Man. We're on a plane this morning. And you got, you got to let your, you have to let your brain go there and be like, what, what would that be like? So we're, we have three center backs at this point, right? Sana just come in to play third center back. Uh, yeah, Sana and- came on for Haran because we're like, well, we're definitely not scoring here. We're, let's just, uh, <laughs> Let's just bunker and play for the draw. And we still managed to let them behind us. So, um, you know, this is this is poorly played by the center backs. And uh, I don't know if I don't want to put this on Germa because Germa is a treasure. Um, but as this ball's floating up, if Ertz is the one stepping to it, like Germa and Sonnet both need to retreat quickly. And we don't quite get there in time, like uh, obviously. So, you know, it is OK to say that Germa did something wrong. <laughs> It's it should mostly be on Sonnet. Like Germa's okay. coming from the wrong side, so even if she'd done it right, she'd still be trying to clean up Sonnet's mess for not getting deeper sooner. Um, but like fractions of seconds matter, and so Germa was a little bit slow to do her retreating. And then you know when the shot's taken, she ends up direct like right on the hip of the player. So you can see how uh, going a fraction of a second sooner would make a would make a difference here. And I'm more concerned about Germa because Germa's going to be the one playing 90 minutes against Sweden, not Emily Sonnet. Yeah. I mean, Gurma, Gurma has been fantastic in this tournament. She's like perhaps the lone bright spot in the whole tournament. Okay. But, but yes, definitely. I'm not, I don't want to, but as I was saying, let your mind go there. What were you feeling as this happens after watching us and being frustrated with us for 90 minutes? And let's be honest for like the entire cycle in our ideas and our uh, style as we are about to get knocked out and this ball has left the shooter's foot and you see it beyond, uh, beyond Alyssa Nair before it's hit the post. Like what is, what's your emotion at this moment? I, I hesitate to say it, but I mean, there is a, there was a part of me that hoped it would go in because, um, I, you know, I don't think we're going to go all the way. Um, and I want to see that self-satisfied complacency wiped off of Latko's face. Um, and I just don't like no, none of these performances has done it. So we just like knocking us out of the world cup is the only thing that can do it. So there's, it, there's no hope for us to be like a fun soccer team to watch for this tournament. So that's my excuse. But there was a part of me who that was like, ah, too bad that didn't go in. Cause we deserve it. But ultimately I'm happy. We advance. Yeah. You know, I'm not, an, I'm not an asshole. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong. I feel like, feel like that's a human thing. And for me, it's not even necessarily about like, you know, Vlaco needs to be taken down a peg. It's it's just like, again, I talk about the sports justice of it all. And we outplayed Portugal in this match, right? We had more chances. So just looking at it, if you're looking at two, looking at it in a vacuum of two, you know, who performed better, we probably did on the balance of play. But we should because we have the history we have and Portugal's history is not that. And it's like the sports justice is like... Portugal is getting more out of their team than we are getting out of ours. So if they yes. do everything that right that they possibly can and then get their moment to execute and do it, it'd be like, good for them. <laughs> like, well done. And, you know, you talk about the the scale of it. Like we cheer for up, humans cheer for upsets all the time. So you can get caught up in that even when it's your favorite team. And and for the, for us, this is the only time it can be a huge upset because at a World Cup, because the men's team is never going to be such a, a favorite that like there would be this earth shattering upset at a world cup, whereas it's only possible for us for the women's team. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's not going to be that way for the men, at least for a, a couple centuries, I would imagine. Yeah. So um, even it, it, this doesn't have to be like a, I want to be proven right about, you know, who should have been playing or anything else. It can just be like port just almost just out of like appreciation for what Portugal have done through this 90 minutes and 55 seconds against, you know, Goliath. There's a reason yeah. people cheer for David. I do appreciate your magnanimity, but I, I, I had, I had none of those feelings. Mine was all pettiness. Um, let's see. Well, here, cause the other thing is if we go out to Sweden now, it's going to be boring. Like Sweden's good. We could go out to them and then it's just like, oh, well, that was a boring exit and we're disappointed. This would have been like at least spectacular. Yeah. Like 
I want that. I want that comet to explode in the atmosphere. I don't want it to just like harmlessly graze the earth and keep going on its way. And we never see it again. Right. Does that, does that make sense? Is that an analogy? It, it does make sense. I just, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I don't want I don't want this character to die off screen. Like I want it. To... Right. No, I mean, it, it, it felt in the moment, like it, it was, uh, I don't know. Fate was just so close to, you know, real being realized. And then it wasn't. And, um, but you know, it's a, it was a, it was an emotional time for me at four thirty in the morning today. The only other thing, uh, I think I thought Rodman, Rodman did come on and, um, for who did she come on for Williams? And I thought she was a little, she was a little disappointing when she came on, like didn't really, didn't really provide much. And then we have the, in the 95th minute Nair, uh, flapping out a set piece that just goes all the way through. So even after Portugal, Portugal nearly scored, Nair made it possible for them to nearly score again. Um, going on a Zach Steffen-esque walkabout. It's a bad one. I mean, it's a really, really bad one, isn't it? This isn't like she goes up and like, you know, can't quite get there because a body hits her at the last second. Like she goes and she is nowhere close. She got, she gave herself the old Lindsay Horan, just eliminated herself (laughs) from the play. The goal is vacant. Uh, She probably, her going probably like confuses our center backs a little bit uh, about what they should be trying to do. And any, any touch, uh, not even, not even a good one, any touch towards the frame. And once again, we would be eliminated from the world cup. Yeah. You could totally see that hitting, hitting one of our players thighs and just trickling (laughs) across the line. I mean, again, I got a, she's a liability and I'm not sure exactly if Vlatko sticks with her, uh, probably does. Um, it'd be, it'd be, I mean, it'd be the end of her, uh, if we switch at any point, you don't, you wouldn't switch and then ever come back to her again. Like she'd be, yeah, that'd be her testimonial. We'll see Thompson and her O'Hara come on in the 97th minute. So finally we get some Melissa Thompson basically as a time wasting sub. I don't know. I'm done. <laughs> Sunday at 5 a.m. We face Sweden. You got it. You got to reset. You have to reset because again, there is no there is no rhythm to this team. Uh, tomorrow's a new day, and it will it will be the same, which is has the potential for explosive attack. It's not yeah. going to be it's not going to be fluid, but it can be explosive. And I mean, if we score an early goal against Sweden and then we there you know that we they're sort of drawn up and then we have all kinds of space to work with in the in their in their half you know maybe we have maybe we have some fun on Sunday morning who knows but doesn't feel fun today <laughs> we're still at the party fellas the party the party is still going we're a little queasy we've <laughs> maybe had a little too much but we can rebound I'm like that, you know, that, that meme with like the guy standing by the door saying they all don't know. (laughs) People at the party don't know how few triangles we make. (laughs) That's how I feel. But, you know, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be, we'll be watching on Sunday morning. We'll, uh, we'll recap that as soon as we can afterwards. Um, Anything else, Greg? I I think we're okay. And I mean that not just you and you and I, I think we're going to be okay. For, you think we're going to beat Sweden? I don't know. I can't. I can't say that again. I wasn't even. I, I was on Woso with Joey uh, the day before this Portugal game, and I was just like, there was a little bit of talk of would we be able to get the goal difference to win to win the group? And I was like, I don't know that we. I don't know that we win the game. Like, <laughs> this is our team, and uh, we don't. Can I? Can I just run through the analogy? I know you're ready to go, but uh, go for analogy, it. Yeah. The analogy I have here. Um, and I'm going to use Japan, of course. Uh, we already talked about Portugal just getting more from their players. I am extremely confident that in every game Japan play from here on out, they are going to be set up to get as much from their players as they can uh, for that opponent, for that game. Um, they're going to squeeze all the juice they can out of the talent they have. And we just will not do that. I'm very confident that we will not even come close to that. And so it just comes down to, is our do we have just enough juice... <laughs> in the talent where we don't need it all. That's, that's what it's all going to come down to is uh, we can, we can definitely lose to Sweden, but we can run through four knockout games and, and win a world cup. Yeah, that's it. 
Two uh, two quick announcements. You went you you mentioned Woso Woso Daily is a podcast being put on by Joey uh, Young Joey from the Scuff Discord. Uh, hats off to him for making this happen, and, and you know it's a good way to keep up with what's going on in these games that often happen while we're all asleep. And then um, we've got Woso Woso Wednesday coming up tomorrow with Tara and Vince, which should be I think really fun, full of energy. Other thing is join our Patreon. The link is in the show notes. You get the Monday review, which is about the men's national team and you get our full interviews and uh, you just get to support us being an ad free podcast, which uh, is a fact. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you.